HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This piece was brought to you by Roberta's, robertaspizza.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil that rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you sun in the air. Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte. My name is Souther Teague. Speakeasy, Valentine's Day edition. Yeah, baby. Be, <laughs> m- be mine. I, I, I've always been yours. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Thanks for being here with me. I appreciate Aww. it. <laughs> oh, Jesus. He's all queued up in there. Yeah. You asked for it. <laughs> we, we did ask for it. So, how's your week been? It's been uh, kind of boring. Um, I don't know what this is. This uh, not really a cold, not really not a cold. The but thing I, that's been going around. I just I haven't really left my apartment all week other than just to go to work. Man, like, that sounds feel, awesome. I, I can't wait to catch that. <laughs> yeah. I don't have like a fever. I don't have a cough. I just I feel tired all the time. Oh wait, I've already got that then. Maybe it's maybe it's old age. Uh, I'm working getting, on that too. It's getting worse. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of that's, yeah, thanks. <laughs> Speaking of old age, uh, I thought I'd see you last night. I went out just for two hours. I went over to Spring Lounge to see Evan Freeman. Fiftieth <laughs> <laughs> birthday. birthday. Yeah, I know, man. I wanted to go, but I I couldn't get out of work. Oh, that's it's right. Just, you were working. That's the thing. Thing with bartending and I know burning and yeah, I know. being in the bar. It's like sometimes you can't get away. Um, but we do want to wish him a very uh, happy birthday. Love that um, guy. Yeah, best. Um, uh, he, he just uh, self-described yeah. man with a bag full of axes and no filter. Bag full <laughs> of axes to grind and no filter. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So very happy birthday to you, Evan Freeman. Um, so uh, you know, actually, I, I told you while you were feeling under the weather this week, you should. Try drinking some whiskey, but well, I've I've tried it. Yes, I yeah. keep trying it. In fact, have you I've tried? Been, I've been trying it for years. <laughs> <laughs> How but do you think rum would fare in that? I think situation? maybe rum might be more medicinal. Yeah, yeah. So, All right, so let's talk good, about rum today. So it's a good thing we got lots of rum on the table and lots of rum uh, in, information floating around the room. You want yeah. to introduce our guest? Or you want yeah, to please do it. Oh, me? Sure. Yeah. Uh, in the room <laughs> from the Cane Club Collective. Yeah, did I get it right? <laughs> Austin Hartman, Shannon Mustafer, and uh, Danielle DeLuna. Welcome, guys. Good to be here. Thank you so much. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, and you've buried the table with lots of rum and a punch. Looks like we're going to drink some punch right away. Uh, and, yeah, and then we're we're just going to talk right, about rum in general. Started. Yeah, right we're there, just gonna, like, yeah, okay. Sure, let's pick already, those and get in there. Cheers, you know. Cheers, yeah. So rum punch. What's in the it's punch? Valentine's Day, man. We just gotta just gotta go. Yeah. What's in the Valentine's <laughs> Day? Yeah, you gotta commit. So the yeah. Valentine's Day rum punch is a classic planter's punch from 1937. It's got lime juice, simple syrup, grenadine, falernum, angostura bitters, and j- funky Jamaican rum. It is funky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, it does taste like medicine. Like delicious medicine. I mean, it, it, is it all alcohol? Of course, yes. <laughs> right? I agree with that. Yeah. Whatever it is you're about to say, I What agree. do you rub on your cuts? Robitussin. <laughs> <laughs> alcohol. I mean, it's alcohol. <laughs> um, yeah, so this is awesome. I Actually, I wasn't expecting to get started like immediately, but I'm so... Pumped Super excited it. about it. Yeah, man. Um, I love rum punches. Well, this so is going to wake me up. i got to go to work right after this and serve uh, serve bitter drinks to the Valentine people. Hey, you know what? I, I'm going to come visit you because I'm your Valentine. Um, so <laughs> I'm already looking forward to it. So let's talk about rum punch for a second. Why don't you uh, run us through it? Like, because there's obviously punches like the original cocktail, if you will. Um, oh, yeah. It's got that poem and everything. Do you know the poem? One of... It's not. It's a, would you call it a poem? I mean, it's a little iambic pentameter. It's a rhyme. Yeah. Wow, iambic pentameter. You like that? <laughs> that was good. Still, you really pulled that one out of somewhere. Still early. That's good. <laughs> but I don't remember how it goes. I remember the kind of the words. Anybody know it? I think you guys got to know it. One of one of sour, two, two of sweet, sweet, three of strong, strong four, four of weak. weak. And then the, I love the last line, right? And bitters. <laughs> and I think that's the end of all of your sentences, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it kind of is. Good I mean, to see you and bitters. Yeah, yeah. I don't like anything to be, you know, to be with, without bitters. But that is, that's true. That's the thing, right? And that is, and that we've learned from Dave Wonderson and Bob and all that stuff, and, and the book Punch, obviously that that uh, that uh, it comes from the word punch, which is sort of like a, is an Arabic word that means five Hindu. Hind- oh, it's a Hindu word. There we go. That means five, and it's the five pieces to the thing, and it all makes sense in some weird ass. You know, way that Dave made it sound smart, <laughs> for sure. And it keeps working too. Well, it, that's it the great. Applies. That's the great thing about rhymes; they're always true to to the real world, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that makes any sense. Um, but this is, <laughs> but this is delicious, and it has all those pieces. Uh, so yeah, uh, what got you guys started with this project, and what's your end goal? Let's talk about the whole thing. With the Cane Club Collective. Cane Club Collective. And what does it do? Well, we got to talk about it all. I yeah. love that it's also a club and a collective at the same time. Hey, huh? The Cane Club Collective Guild? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, the point was we are rum nerds we met a while back, and we kept nerding out and nerding out, and then realized there's more cane enthusiasts in New York. Obviously, sort of like, let's create spaces create a dialogue about rum let's dig past the initial conversations about it and let's keep kind of just peeling away the pieces at uh what's happening in the bottle what what are those initial conversations like what do you mean when you say let's get past the initial like anybody jump in yeah sure so just a little background prior to meeting these guys i opened up gladys caribbean in crown heights Mm -hmm. and one of the challenges i encountered there was how to introduce this category to a really skeptical public. This was four years ago. Sure. And at that time, there wasn't a lot of diversity in terms of product, in terms of quality. 
And let's face it, most of us had our first experiences with rum in high school and in college, so you can imagine what that consisted of. And my work at the bar was to introduce not only traditional Caribbean drink culture, but also to help people to realize that rum is a really um, wide category. It's not um, I mean, one I'd, note. I'd, I'd conject that it's the widest category. Oh, For absolutely. Sure. I see everybody's head nodding all of a sudden. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Absolutely. So, you know, that experience in um, helping people to access better quality rums and seeing how awareness grew to that experience gave me a passion to continue that conversation. And I felt you know, really fortunate to meet Austin and Danny because we all have different things to bring to the table. And it just kind of evolved. It's a natural um, outgrowth of our friendship and shared passion for the category and for spreading the gospel, so to speak, about what rum is and what it can offer to a drinker. Which I think is like, first of all, it's a lot of hard work, right? Because rum is, um, okay, full disclosure, everybody knows I'm writing a book right now. And in fact, randomly, I'm actually writing my sort of rum section right now. It's a pain in the ass. Uh, like I'm having a lot of trouble with it because um, the rum section of my book, in fact, is very short because I say to open up the section, I don't really want to touch this section because this is a whole book of its own. So suddenly I, I'm facing this challenge of I want to write a very small amount about this massive thing, but I need to say enough to make it make sense, but I only have 2,000 words to do it. And I'm finding that that's a, a really up, an uphill battle. Um, and also I find that rum is very, uh, because of the nature of its sort of the broadness of the category, it's pretty fucking intimidating. Right to me as a professional, so I have to assume that the people who attend your uh, your club collective uh, events or, or come to your your place they're they're equally intimidated, right? So you have to really softball this stuff into them so that they'll pick it up and run with it, right? What we're trying to, I mean, what we're doing with our classes this year and events is kind of going past the initial like here is rum and opening the floor to more eager rum like cane enthusiasts so it's it's kind of if if p- the people that are there are already excited about the category and as eager to dig in more yeah they're burgeoning enthusiasts right right for we did a an agricole class last and it it wasn't what is agricole it was these are the different proofs of agricole that you will find in existence so it wasn't we don't we don't start with like here's the introduction to the category. We actually just went this is the 40% stuff that gets exported to the United States, but on the islands everybody actually drinks 50, 55 and that's like what right. they drink. So we gave examples of and we, this is a lot of it is from our own collection, but then we also got, you know, donations from different brands. Demoiseau and Dilong and stuff like that. Right, yeah. but then on the island everyone is drinking in Martinique specifically. Well, I guess all of them actually. Is um, three? Everybody's drinking 55. I mean, yeah, but like yeah. those those things that, like, we, we get Le Fivrie, we get, like, JM. Uh, oh, right. But, like, yeah. uh, I guess Dan Wazo just maybe a year and change ago, like, started bringing in their 110? Yeah, but the that's, the only one, that's only 55 or okay. 110 that is in the States. Everyone else is only bringing in their 50s. Right. Uh, which actually has to do with a tax law. Sure. Um, they would bring in the higher proof stuff, but there's a much higher tax for it. So, right. but That's, yeah, it's pretty pretty crazy that uh, you know 
in a weird way, it's like a catch twenty two because like if you had if if the fifty fives came in, they would sell a lot more, which would offset the tax increase and. Yes. <laughs> I mean, like, but that's something that we understand. That's something that you talk about in your, I'm, I'm assuming this would, I've, I've not attended one yet, but I'd love to, obviously. Um, but I assume that's something that you talk about, uh, or yeah. touch on at least. Yeah, sure. Um, just to your point regarding um, how it would work out sales-wise, if we brought in 55, you know, I'm a big proponent of that proof. Visiting GM and trying the same expression in 40, 50, and 55 was a big mm-hmm. eye-opener for me. And going for forward, sure. I don't put anything on my back bar that's less than 50. Because Whoa. 55 is the optimal flavor. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's where is. you get all the flavor. It is. Um, but again, with agricole, it's a lesser-known category in all of rum. So it's already a difficult sell. Do, so, you, do you find that you know, to be like consumer facing or or industry facing? Both. Because, really? Yeah. So here's a little little tidbit. I don't want to like name names, but um, <laughs> name them. Well, <laughs> three years ago, I went to a three day long tiki seminar in New Jersey. So oh, yeah. okay. those we, who we are aware you. of what <laughs> this is know what I'm talking about. Sure. And there are presentations on all the categories and how they're applicable in Tiki. And the agriculture presentation... Is it like by the ocean? It's close to the ocean. There was yeah, a yeah. beach right there. We spent some time in the beach. So you're doing Tiki by the, by the beach. It was Tiki by the beach, yeah. The and don't, don't, just, I'm going to preface this by saying it was a wonderful experience. It was really inspiring for me. I've been resisting putting tiki in my bar prior to that. And at that juncture, I was like, wait, I'm really set up to do this, so I need to move forward. But all this being said, when it came to do my time to do the agriculture section, there was just like this consensus among the bartenders that it was useless. Whoa. That it was like too intense. In fact, one of the presenters cut himself while he was prepping limes, and he took a bottle of the agriculture and poured it on the cut. To be like, ugh. And I was like, oh, my God. I can't believe it. You light so, on fire? I've well, done that before. It didn't get lit on fire, but all this to say, like... <laughs> Cauterize the wound. <laughs> but ding, ding, ding. to that point, it was just like, even among that group of industry, and we're talking about some very reputable and experienced people that we all looked up to, there was just no awareness and no appreciation. That was three years ago. That's pretty fucked up. I think that's crazy. It was really unfortunate, but I think we've come a long way since Well, then. yeah. Actually, I mean, like, Austin, the last time you were on the show was uh, one year and 360 days ago. Um, <laughs> it was... Uh, exactly. February 10th, 2016. <laughs> no, um, no one's counting the days. I got that one. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no one's counting. Um, uh, but you just come back from the uh, trip with the ACR. Mm-hmm. Which is ACR, the, uh, yeah, the authentic uh, Caribbean, Caribbean rum, rum. Yeah. which is since disbanded due to funding issues from sure. Brexit and Worspa, and also awareness, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, like, obviously, just seeing how far we come over, like that was three years ago. This was two years ago. You were on to talk about Caribbean rum. Um, you brought some cool stuff in. We talked about that, and um, I mean, I. I mean, in the last two years, obviously, the awareness of things like, you know, Brazilian cane spirit by the uh, body of water, um, <laughs> and uh, and uh, Martinique rums, like agricultural rums uh, from Guadeloupe and Martinique. Um, where has that changed for you over uh, the past two years? 
Uh, I mean, how, like, how has it changed? You, you've started this, the Kane Collective, the Kane Club Collective, and... I mean, it, it changed by finding the two most amazing people in the world well, that sure. also love Rome. Oh, man. Oh, thanks. I mean, for me, it, we, we all have our journeys in, in the category, and it was, I had my experiences and down in the Caribbean with different styles of rum, and then found Danny and Shannon, and they had their experiences, and we kind of just all got together and was like, oh, wow. Yeah, and Danny, you were just in Haiti last week, right? Right, and I was just going to say that we really solidified this whole thing in Haiti last year on our Bookman trip. We were were standing in a cane field, and we kind of realized, like, this is, like, actually everything that we want to do. Like, this is what we really want to do, is we want to tell the people about sugar cane, how it gets to distilleries... What are the processes? Yeah. How, you know, are the farmers being paid well? How does the distillery manage themselves and all of that? Uh, and then we kind of just came together and we're like, you guys were all having the same idea at the same time, kind of. Collective that. subconscious. Yeah, let's Basically, keep digging. which is why we're a collective. <laughs> <Sure>. so, <laughs> collective subconscious over copious amounts of rum. Yeah. For sure. Kind of focusing on, like, farmer, producer. Yeah. In that category. That's the thing that's always fascinating me, fascinating me about rum. Like, I have a, a really soft spot for it because, like, visiting, visiting, like, being in the United States or being in, like, the UK, and when you go to, uh, like, a whiskey distillery, for instance, you see these beautiful hand-hammered copper pot stills, and you're just like, wow, this is amazing. This is what a distillery looks like. <laughs> and then you go to a, a rum distillery, and it's like, Oh shit! Where's the still? Because it, it just looks like a bunch of farm equipment, or like a bunch of pipes and like some grinders, like some like mills, like cracking the sugar cane. You, if you just walked upon, if you just happened upon a rum distillery in like the Caribbean, or you would think you'd just be like, I, I have no idea what this is. This is a farm of some sort. I don't know what they farm here or make here. Right, right, right. Well, it, it, we we highly romanticize the the process here in the United States. I think other places they just they they do the process. We 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 kind of make it romantic. Yeah. Um plus we came later, you know. These guys were doing it long before us, so For sure. we sort of stepped into the game later and said, "Oh, look how you can make it pretty." Totally. Yeah, right. I mean, we were so yeah, Austin and I were both in Haiti last week and in Haiti all the tiny distilleries are called Gildives. And there are hundreds of them everywhere. And it's just on the side. There's like over 500 distilleries in Haiti. There's tons of them. So you're just on the side of the road and you're like, oh, I see the smoke and piles of sugar cane in a shack. And that's a distillery. Do they? And then there's another one. And And then there's another one. And do they each produce their own thing or do they get together and blend it together and make it? Not at all. No. Everybody does their own thing. Uh, You get your sugar cane juice from somebody, or actually in Haiti, you also use sugar cane syrup because it's hard to keep juice fresh, but syrup lasts for a year, so it could be both or Uh one or the other. Uh, And you just run your one run, and then you put it in a big jug and take it to the market, and people buy it. And that's how like most they just roll rum. up with a growler and you fill it up. Uh, it's like old tub. No, no, a there's no bottle. glass. I was it's, gonna say, it's yeah, a yeah, bottle, yeah, yeah, an old sure. vegetable it's oil bottle, a sprite bottle. Yeah, um, yeah. It's like a lot of Oaxacan like muscularias, you know, it's like exactly. Much same. Yeah. Or like yeah. moonshiners, you know, like, sure. Yeah, you get an old milk jug and you fucking and go to town. Hope yeah. it doesn't yeah. melt the plastic. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> to that point, am I, if I may interject a little bit, I mean, here's the thing about the rum category that sets it apart from the other ones that we typically encounter here in the U.S. 
It is very similar to Mezcal in that it is small production. We're talking about small villages. It's not necessarily meant for bottling. It's very much for local consumption. Yeah, and, it's by the community for the community. Yeah. Exactly. And this is how rum began. And it, it continues to be this way. And it's very much an expression of terroir, of place, of community, much, you know, the same way that Mezcal is, but it has more of a global implication, not Absolutely. only for that reason, for all the places where you can make it and encounter it, but the larger background story about how the sugar industry in general is the foundation of our modern economy. Of course, yeah. This is where all the money came from to generate the economy that we're in right now. So the story of rum is so connected to where we are right now in terms of culture, politics, economics. It's touched all aspects of the world we live in right now. No other category can claim that. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's freaking amazing. Yeah, it's an agricultural right? product, so it's uh, the, the thing you want to do is use all of it, right? It puts the culture in agriculture. It puts the culture <laughs> in agriculture. <laughs> so uh, we're about halfway yeah. through. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Going deep, take y'all. Break. I need more punch. Uh. Yeah, yeah, I'm almost out. Oh, wait, I am out. Um, so let's take a quick break, refill our glasses, and maybe... Uh, Try a little. I mean, we've got all these bottles. Thanks for bringing all these bottles in today. I mean, like, we're uh, just so the uh, the listeners know, we're we're working on a little bar project That's in right. the studio. Where we decided last week after the show, um, after we had Alpha Quantro in the studio, Quan Quan, Quan Quan, yes, quack quack, where um, <laughs> that we're uh, working on a little mini bar for the studio. So whenever people want to visit, we've just got it here, and we can. Uh, Kind of whip up uh, any we drink can, that we want. We can be proper hosts. Yeah, exactly. All right, so let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk more about uh, the, the sugarcane industry as a, a, um, an impact on global economy and how that's uh, spread <laughs> rum all over the world. And love. And love. Roberta's, a super duper awesome place. Roberta's is a very, 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 very proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. We're also super awesome. Thank you, Heritage. And we're back. Hey, uh, all right. <laughs> Sorry, we were drinking rum. Sorry. And we got a flower delivery from the yeah. from the team at Heritage. Uh, they brought us flowers. I, I have to ask, though. Are they just doing that for us, or are they bringing flowers to everybody? I would assume it's just for us. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's the good way to go. Dave, did you get flowers, too? Uh, I actually got a flower crown yesterday. So oh, wow. Were you at Coachella? <laughs> no, thankfully, no. I was going to say Snapchat comes to life, but oh, Coachella's no. better. Yeah, well, I'm a little behind. <laughs> um, 
All right, so we got some flowers, and then we have more rums to taste. More rums came out over the break, actually. Yeah, indeed. The punch was flowing, and then more rums came out. Let's talk about these rums, man. You know, we got to have rum people on more often. I remember, I, know, right? I, remember, <laughs> I remember we did a lot of drinking when the Tiki Maf- Mafia was here. That's uh, true. The rum folks bring it hard. Um, we do. It's kind of our thing. Yeah. Like, we're always all carrying samples and bottles. And Freaking pirates, like, man. Because you're so yeah. excited, right? Yeah. We're so excited. When we... Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> hey. That's, we, a, that's a first. Yeah, I think um, we brought 40 bottles back from Martinique, so we're... What? Nice. It was an operation. We, yeah, collectively. We extra euros paid for weight. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. You guys are going to be pissed at me. I, just, I came back from Florence, Italy last month, and I had... A bunch of like rums and gins and uh, some grappe and stuff like that in my in my bag. And going through custom or uh, going through duty uh, free, I got two bottles of Havana Club just to restock. Yes, yeah. And a carton of Luckies uh, for the staff. Yeah. <laughs> and a carton. And I was of Luckies. so tired after the flight. I'm not trying to sound like a baby, but uh, I it was like you know zero degrees, the wind's blasting, and uh, looking for my car to show up. And uh, I left my duty-free bag on the sidewalk. (laughs) So whoever got that bag... Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Two bottles of Havana Club. And a carton of Luckies. carton of Luckies. What a great find. My heart sank at that. I'm feeling for you so hard. I don't know. I'm trying to look at the other side of the coin here and figure out who found that. What a great day for them. Exactly. Or they just threw it away to the world. You know? Or they're just like, what is this, rum? Oh, they, maybe they incinerated it. And, oh, uh, you man. know, TSA. I don't know. Wash yeah, my with it. If you see a suspicious package. <laughs> drink it, man. If you see something. Drink something. Drink something. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about this. What do we have in the glass right now? Yeah, what's in the, what'd you already pour? Uh, so right now we have uh, the Duncan Taylor 2000 Long Pond Distillery from Jamaica. Did you bring this last time you were on the show? No, last time I was on the show, I brought uh, Foursquare. Oh, you, right, right. From yeah. How do you remember Barbados, that? Barbados. We remember everything. everything. <laughs> the rum, roll the decks of rum. The sugar stimulates the uh, the the mind grapes. All right, so let's talk. <laughs> mind grapes. Let's move on. Uh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> So talk to us about this stuff. It smells amazing, even through my sort of yeah, exactly through my sort of stuffyish nose. Oh, yeah, you can't really smell right now. Uh, so Duncan Taylor is a merchant bottler. Uh, it's kind of a lot of these going around these in in the market at the moment. Um, from Scotland, they're from Scotland. Mm-hmm. Describe what a mer- I don't know what a merchant bottler sound is. Scottish uh, at all. <laughs> yeah, a merchant bottler is uh, not Caribbean native company that will go to distilleries and and purchase. Barrels or, or just batches and or pallets or, or pallets yeah. and just bring them either off island or bottle there. But it's under their brand. But it's n- f- and they tell you where it's from coming from. There's transparency involved. Most like of they the didn't time. make it like signatory scotch, right? Sure, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or like Samaroli, uh, yeah, Samaroli, yeah. Samaroli yeah. the Velier stuff. So they're not the makers. They're just going. Kind of a negotiant situation. Yeah. Sure, they're grabbing it up and getting yeah. it. We like getting it to market. Yeah, it's we like it. We like it. Let's get it out there. Yeah, yeah. It's transparent. Sure. Which, the sure. interesting thing about this, and the re- one of the reasons we brought it today, is because this kind of thing is actually been driving the rum market in the states now. Like part of the reason that we are where we are with beginning to get more high end expressions is because there have been these European bottlers 
who have taken stuff from the Caribbean and then brought it in as like a, you know, really rare, really long aging kind of a thing. I, if it's okay, I'd like to add a little bit to that. Um, there's a historical precedent for this approach to bringing rum to the market. When the British Navy adopted the rum ration, tots, the tot, so to speak, that kickstarted an industry in London and Europe of bulk suppliers. Sure. So this is where this comes from. So there are merchants who are taking rum from the Caribbean to London to dry, or rather to age on the dry docks. And this also took place in Amsterdam to a degree. Yeah. And that's where the connoisseur ship market, you know, people searching for better examples of rum, was cultivated. So just for a little background, consider that the rum that was consumed on the islands was not aged. Right. You know, it's overproof. So we're talking about Ray and Nephew style rum. Okay, that people are just drinking neat or like mixing with lime. Tea punch. Tea punch, you know, in that context, it was considered like this is what we have to drink. Meanwhile, as people became like a little um, more experienced with aging and blending, they were able to craft rums that could compete with cognac. And people sought out Jamaica rums, you know, as a sipper. It was considered a luxury product. Yeah, especially after... In the 1870s, when you had the phylloxera breakout and there was no more cognac or exactly. out, like then right. rum yeah. kind of started like hitting the foreground because it wasn't really in a lot of uh, cocktails before. Right. Also, I mean, like, right. I mean, look at the Jerry Thomas guy. Yeah. Look at the Knickerbocker. That was like all the rage yeah. in 1870s New York. That was totally. Jamaica rum, raspberry syrup, and you know lime. Super simple, but again, like it. This has been going on for some time, and now we're starting to see it as a resurgence which I love because we're going back to the roots of how rum was initially consumed as a premium spirit yeah. and appreciated by people that, you know, love good spirits across all the categories. I definitely, at my bar, I've got a lot of, a lot of rum for, at least I think I do, <laughs> but it takes up a, a, the giant, it's the very middle section of my bar. And, uh, they, I mean, I've got so many because they all do so many different things. And also going back to the beginning of the show, uh, Shannon, I realized when I opened Grand Army, it was like maybe uh, the second day we were open. And I, I looked at the back bar and I was like, holy shit, I don't have anything on the back bar that's like regular proof. It's, it was Everything was overproof. It was like Navy strength or higher. It was like. Smith and Cross, Ray and Nephew, the uh, Lost Spirits, like the three Lost Spirits rums. It was like all the, like, but it was, it was awesome. <laughs> but those well, are so and then you started working. Too. You built your bar for yeah. yourself. And yeah, then, yeah, exactly. And then, share, and then you share it with other people. That's, yeah, exactly. I think that's how we all do it. Yeah. 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 But really, like, higher proof spirits fare much better in cocktails than 40%. Yeah, I mean, totally. you lose it, you know, unless it's yeah. like a unfortunately flavored something or other yeah. but like which but, but again was, a lot of the rums that we like so much we do like to put them in cocktails yeah you know? like i'll put anything in a daiquiri literally even my really expensive super rare i will still make a daiquiri with sure. it so yeah i mean that's that's the beauty of it it's like going back to absolutely that i mean every time i mean we all work in bars you know and like Anytime someone comes by with uh, rum that you haven't tried before, what's the first thing you do? Yeah. You make, make a daiquiri. daiquiri. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Slam a dac. Yeah. yeah, right? 
If it doesn't fare well in the daiquiri, then let's... Yeah. We'll it doesn't matter how much it costs. <laughs> yeah. <and> you're like, <laughs> Maybe how's this going to hold up in a daiquiri? But that, going back to that, also, it's like the when I first wrote the menu for Grand Army, I was like, I was thinking about it uh, in my rum section as more of a category for drinking neat than drinking in cocktails, which is what you were just talking about, you know? And I think that's... Uh, it's really translated well over the past few years where, and I'm sure a lot of it has to do with your, your education in the category for everyone out there, you yeah. know, um, and just the education in general of the, the category. It's, you know, people are drinking rum now like they would like as a DJ's Devo. You know, I mean, I do. Dinner. I have for years. I have. A, I, yeah. it's no, I've made no secret of the fact that I'm a big fan of cognac and Armagnac, and rum is See? an easy leap. Yeah, like, absolutely. I find myself after work right there. often. I I like to you know sip on something after work while I'm doing the paperwork, and oftentimes I reach for yeah. for an aged rum. Where someone might, and I have so many at my disposal. You know, upstairs yeah. is is Cienfuegos, and sure. Jane's got quite the collection up there. Um, but I don't, again, I don't feel like I've made the dive into the educational aspect, which is what you guys are doing and, and out there promoting, which is great. I'll be coming to your, yeah, we're going to talk about it. Relax. This, this looks like scotch, actually. This rum, that, I mean, like. <laughs> well, and this one smells like scotch because it's Duncan Taylor, too. So yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's, wow. this is, a, this one is a lot about yeah, their a barrels. Butter scotch and toffee and. Yeah. Really yeah. And Sorry how, for the listeners, you can't see this, but it, it, it's a very, it's like, <laughs> it's one of the palest, like. I'm air quoting gold right. rums. <laughs> I mean, if you, if I'll put a photo on my Instagram stories for so the listeners. Um, if any of you guys know about the Samaroli rums, Duncan Taylor is similar. So this has been aged for 13 years in in ex Scotch barrels. So it's not new. These are not new barrels. Gotcha. It's not imparting a lot of color. It's former Scotch barrels that have already been used. So you're not going to get you're going to get a lot of flavor, and you almost you know you get the Scotch kind of notes and some. Maybe even a little smoke and some woodiness and and just a, some kind of funk that's Jamaican, but then also a kind of brininess that is very Scotland. So, mm-hmm. that, but that's specifically because you know Duncan Taylor is about their barrel. So it's like you're a spirit from somewhere in the world, but then what they do with their barrels that makes the big difference in this case, which is not true for I mean like now. So I was saying earlier about like this kind of category brought us into the more now we get more premium stuff in the states. So now we have like the four square rums that have just started coming in mm-hmm. to our market. Those are aged in the Caribbean. So and it's not it's it's not ex scotch, it's probably more likely ex bourbon and then finished in some kind of a fortified wine cask. But or, that's all done in the in Barbados, not right. in a European country in a different cold On climate. A dock. Yeah, yeah. It's in a warm, hot climate in the island that it was originally produced, keeping it more like to the Caribbean. See, this is the reason why we need to be talking about rum because there's so many variables and like again, it doesn't have to come from one place. It's like there's there's it's kind of I've always said about rum, man, it's fucking outlaw. Yeah, it yeah, really it's is. the Wild it's West. Like, yeah. And that's part of it though is navigating that language because as the category develops, there's going to be a lot of new terms and language like input to the category. That could also be confusing as you're trying to understand it. So part of it is trying to hone in on a, like a, not a central lo- language, but a, just a general understanding of how to talk about it. What I found really helpful initially at Gladys Caribbean was to break it down into three cultural styles. Mm-hmm. 
and they all have um, their differences according to when they came about historically and their connection to, you know, <coughs> colonization and just to, you know, get right to the point. Um, think of it as like wine. Think of rum as like sure. wine. And different geographic locations and cultural influences will shape the end product. So in rum, three major styles are linked back to colonialism. English style, Spanish, and French. So think back, you know, to those contexts and how that might influence the palate and what people are after in terms of the final product and the, the taste and how you're going to consume it. Um, English style rums, we're talking about Barbados, Guyana, and Jamaica as kind of like primary examples of how that industry was set up and disseminated. Those rums tend to be on a bolder, bigger, richer, richer side, smokier, yeah. depending on how they're aged, generally meant for mixing. Um, French style, the agricole, made from fresh cane juice, inspired by an aesthetic that is informed by cognac, looking for the same kind of end result, a reflection of terroir. You know, in, in Martinique, there's an AOC. Sure. There's yeah. no other, um, you know, rum category that has, like, so many rules around it. So, you know, there's a lot of investment in those end products showing the terroir and the expertise and the preservation of culture. Meanwhile, you know, in the Spanish category, you're thinking about, like, wine and sherry culture, aperitif culture. You know, it's either kind of like the... The common man's rum, which is like aguardiente, really light and crisp and meant for mixing. And then there's a higher-end sipper. So that's a basic way to look at the category overall if you're trying to parse out where you want to go. But there's a lot of shades in between. A lot. A lot. This is incredible, by the way, this juice. I also, I got, I had that bottle in my hand. I posted it on my uh, Instagram stories if you want to look at that at Creative Drunk. But the bottle is, as you said before, super transparent. Mm -hmm. Lists on the bottle, distilled in Jamaica at Long Pond Distillery. Distilled at, uh, uh, well, it says distilled at six points. Bottled at 2.14. Cask number style is a pot still. One of 247 bottles. Like, they really are breaking it down for you and exactly what's going on in this bottle. That's pretty fucking amazing. Yeah. Yeah, which is why we like Hamilton a lot too, because Ed Hamilton has a lot of transparency right. with his range of rums too. It's like he breaks coming from Hampton Estates, right? Oh, uh, I mean, he's got all sorts of stuff. Um, I mean, he, the Navy is a blend of Guiana from Diamond Distillery and uh, Worthy Park, and then he's got other Saint Lucian rums. But he has like you know, he has the casks number. And the very specific, like it was distilled on this day, it went into a cask. You can look it up on the Ministry of Rum website. Uh, and so w we, the people that are really into all of this, love all of the transparency that's happening now. Uh, and it's difficult to talk about some categories of rum because of, again, not to bag on the Latin American and Spanish style, but... There is a you know there's a lot of questions about the actual age of everything because it's a solera sure. so you don't know what that means right. you don't know what the actual age of the rum is and that just kind of is you know par for the course for that group of you know of styles. What's interesting to me is that there's this kind of strange thing with like American whiskey and rum where they're kind of switching places as far as like um, 
the like I, I, I hate to say this, but there's like kind of a bullshit meter, like you know, like where yeah, where for sure you know there used to be a um, it was just like your old school like bourbon brands, just for example, and then all of a sudden like a lot of like the newer brands that were essentially maybe not even a real thing made it like a bigger distillery. They started like making up stories like historical accounts or even small brands that were startups, like some historical figure. And they made some story up to sell the product and like the juice wasn't even that good or whatever. It's like, I feel like, I don't know. I guess that's starting to calm down a little bit in the American whiskey world. But well, after several lawsuits, yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Sometimes but, you need a good lawsuit to I get people like, on their toes. I feel like there's some, I guess there's maybe a little bit of that happening right now in the rum world. Um, there always has been like a bunch of bullshit. I mean, like, and I'm just going to call oh, yeah. them out like Captain Morgan's mm-hmm. and fucking Malibu and shit like that. It's right. like, that's not rum, listeners. That shit is not rum. It's a liqueur. It's a liqueur. Yeah. Like, but even like, like, <laughs> I feel like even big companies like Bacardi, like they're starting to like call their own bullshit. And I mean, they're right. They did some, they did some more. I mean, lucky, lucky for all of us. Transparency is on trend. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. That's what more transparent people are. Thank you for saying everything I was trying to say in like one sentence. (laughs) That's, that's what I mean. And and that's part Uh, of it too with with, one liner Southern with with (laughs) rum in particular. There's just like across the, the, the globe, there's such a, particular rum nerd that there are so many people you mm-hmm. know cocktail wonk josh miller from you know canada just doing at-home tests of sugar content in rums and posting it and all the people in scandinavia and all the people yeah <laughs> so it's kind of like this global community of people kind of just well, pulling said, away tears exactly well i said transparency is on trend but also it's being forced to be on trend because you're right there are the home consumers who have uh, skill and ability and time. Who, uh, yeah. and time yeah, yeah. <laughs> skill ability Which and time time uh, is one thing we don't have. yeah <laughs> to uh, to to you know to sit around and enjoy their hobby and 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 for better or for worse expose right they're not I don't think they're out there to be aha journalist type people but they're like yeah you're right cocktail wonk is 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 taking a rum and figuring out the sugar content it's, and posting that. Yeah. So then there's no point in the company not being transparent if there are people out there that are going Doing hey I'm form. pulling back the curtain. You may as well shine yeah, some light on it. It's easy to like check out Brick's levels and have a hydrometer and everything yeah. at home. I mean, it's yeah. like not. It's not, uh, you know, science is more available to the common man these days yeah. than maybe it was. Hydrometers even, are even, $6 even, on Amazon. Exactly. exactly <laughs> than, than even it was 20 years ago. And then, of course, the, the, the ease of spread of information is so much more than it was even 10 years ago, you know? Yeah. So. Meanwhile, consider the overall beverage market is changing. Millennials have been drinking. Artisanal beers, better wine. Yeah, they started Natural with wine. that. Yeah, yeah I'm saying so. <laughs> yeah, the, the like palette kind of, is changing. We, we grew up into it, and they they're just where they're starting. Yeah. People then. want better quality. Premiumization is happening across all the categories, and rum is, uh, you know, embracing that as well. So people are realizing that they need to get with it, or they're going to get left. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. this is really um, pressing in the rum category because. The addition of sugar and color to kind of like obscure age and like these numbers on bottles, like people are calling them out. Even down to labor, it too. Yeah, yeah, that as well. 
That yeah. is all. It's it's a, a full package that everyone wants to see the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Every, everyone wants it to be you know more fair trade, more more driven by uh, fairness to everyone involved, all the way back to the farmer, all, all the way up to the, to the producers, right? Yeah, rum is history, rum is culture, rum is real. You know, man, that's a that's a great one liner. Rum is history, rum is culture, cu- culture, rum is real. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's that that's the real. All right, who's getting that tattoo? Yeah. Hey, let's go. Let's go. Definitely awesome. I don't have I... a Valentine's date <laughs> except for Southern. Sorry, <laughs> that's your Valentine's tattoo. But, uh, oh, bummer. So, listen, you guys are obviously. This is like uh, one of my favorite shows because because uh, we have so much rum. Well, yeah. we're having so much well, fun. Time flies when yeah, when you're, you're having, having rum. <laughs> yes. How many times are we going to jinx on this show today? I don't know. That's two or three. We're going to have to go back. Dave, you're going to do a tally for us. That's another tattoo as well. Let's just get one of the endorsements. Let's go to Allied and just just bust these out. I'm I'm Um, not spending money on a date. (laughs) Don't don't tattoo parlors do like a free thing on Valentine's? No, that's that's Halloween, right? Or no, it's the 13th. It's Friday the 13th. Yeah, that's that's one of these things. Anyway. I don't have enough tattoos to know. Yeah, well. I've only got the one. You've got a lot of one-liners, though. Bazing. Well, speaking of one-liners, we're... Pretty close to the end of the show. In fact, we may we be kind of, of past of it. Um, but I want to make sure that we understand how it is you guys uh, are sharing your passion and knowledge about this stuff through your Cane Club Collective. How does this work? Talk to us about it. Um, so we actually have a class on Tuesday. The 20th. The 20th. So mm-hmm. there's a class this Tuesday at Sisters. We're going to talk about Jamaican rum, which is why we brought the Planter's Punch and the Long Pond. Um, and we're going to talk about all sorts of you know, like different styles within the island because Jamaica is super varied. So that's happening on Tuesday. Um, the best way to get in touch with us at the moment is Instagram. Our handle for Instagram and Facebook is Cane Club Co. And also that's our email. So Cane Club Co at gmail.com. We will have more official website things soon, but for now, just hit us up on social media. And come to our class because it's going to be delicious. At, yeah. I'm sorry, where's the class again? It's at Sisters, which is in Brooklyn, um, in Prospect Heights, Clinton Hill area. And what's a, is there a fee to come to the class? Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> As in, we're still doing this. Get in on it while it's we, free. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Check it while it's free. Yeah, and and the point is too to like we're trying to do this at least once a month with a kind of varied category. As we talked about earlier, we did agriculture last time. The the power of proof and did that. Jamaica is its own thing. Massive thing. I'm gonna call. I'm gonna break in and call this uh, class funk lessons. All right. Oh. <laughs> so if you you're ready to boogie, come on down for funk some funk lessons. Lessons. Yes. Funk lessons yes. at sisters. <laughs> Get your funk on at sisters with the Cane Club Collective. <laughs> Uh, what time's the class? 2 p.m. 2 p.m. Uh, on Tuesday. 2 Tuesday. It's easy to remember. Yeah. <laughs> Followed by a happy hour. Yeah. If you miss the class, come on by. We're going to serve some traditional Jamaican rum drinks, including the rum punch that we're including. Which is delicious, right by the so. way. Awesome. So you're a fool if you missed that. Um, Tuesday, the 20th, at Sisters in Brooklyn with the Cane Club Collective. We're going to talk about funky rums of Jamaica. Get Indeed, your funk on. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, and and you can be reached at through Instagram and Facebook at Cane Club Co. Yes, correct. Cool. So everybody, reach out to these guys and get involved. Um, get involved. I saw Colin last night uh, at that party. Uh, upcoming shows um, are well, Colin. I booked him finally. Um, Colin uh, from Bacardi will be on. Um, more more Bacardi the company than Bacardi the rum. 
Um, Maggie Hoffman's coming up. We got uh, the team from Jupiter Disco. We oh, got yeah. the guys from uh, and Rob little, Dietrich from Shanahan's. Rob coming up. Dietrich is coming up. We got the guys from that little bar called Attaboy going to show up sometime I hope soon. They make it. Yeah, that's a scrappy little bar. I hope they they're plucky. I hope they pull it off. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, that's upcoming shows. Uh, we're going to start in earnest building a bar in this place uh, next week. We've already got a couple of bottles to put on the bar, some some delicious rum. you got one of them that you brought us here that's uh, signed by uh, Martin Kate, one of your uh, tiki gods, I guess. Yeah. Is he, is he like one of the rum pied pipers? Um, he's a cool dude. He's super rad. He was here uh, in town last week for uh, for that... Uh, the release? Yeah, yeah. Pretty rad. Um, I got to hang out with him some. He came over to... Do the tour of Amori Margo, Mother Pearl, and Cienfuegos on, on the Super Bowl, which was great because I had nothing to do, so I just <laughs> dragged him, I just dragged him and Cocktail Wonk around and uh, with the guys from uh, Shift Drink Podcast. It was a lot of fun. Uh, anyway, that's what that's what yeah, I've man. got to wrap up the show. That's great. Um, this has been such a pleasure having you in the show, uh, back on the show, uh, a couple of you, uh, or have. All of you been on the show? I've yet to be on Speakeasy, but I've been on Hot Grease. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I thought you'd been on before. Hot Grease. Well, yeah. Well, all right. Well, welcome we- back for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Glad to have you back for the yeah. first time. Um, cool, man. Well, that's it for the Speakeasy. Ha- Val- I almost said Halloween. <laughs> Valentine's. <laughs> they're the same. They're very similar. They're the same. They're both scary. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah. intense. So uh, let's. Raise the glass. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. And uh, that's it for the Speakeasy this week. Until next week, check out Heritage Radio Network for many other programs like this one. And click on the beating heart to uh, donate to the station and keep us on the air. And if you want, bring us a bottle and we'll uh, add it to our our little mini bar that might be a a larger bar one day. And uh, we'll have a drink with you. Yeah. I mean, you guys have a rum bar now. We do. That's it's it's only a rum bar. Exclusively a, a, a rum bar. <laughs> you know, we could keep it that way. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All, right. All right. Until next week. Happy, Happy Halloween. Valentine's. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Valentine's <laughs> Cheers. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's going to save your soul. The Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.